Hi, everybody. I'm Brian Norcross at WPLG Local 10, along with Local 10 Chief Meteorologist Betty Davis to talk uh, this afternoon or early this evening about Hurricane Dorian. It's uh, just after 6.30 p.m. on Friday evening as we watch Dorian relentlessly approaching the Bahamas, Betty. Just it looks uh, it looks pristine on the satellite, which is really scary. Definitely a looker, Brian. Uh, 5 p.m. advisory. I'm sure everybody's seen it already, but mm-hmm. 115 miles per hour, maximum sustained winds, and expect it to get stronger as it approaches the northwest Bahamas this weekend. Looking at that satellite, it, it looks like it might be going through a rapid intensification process. Hurricane hunters are heading out there, and we'll, uh, we'll know this evening. Now... Uh, Here in southeast Florida, in Miami-Dade and Broward County, on Local 10, we've been expressing some guarded optimism this afternoon based on the fact that the last two model runs uh, of all of the models have moved to the north from Palm Beach County and points north for the center of the storm. Now, not that we would not feel it here, but... All of those model runs for two consecutive uh, times that we get the uh, the computer models uh, have uh, indicated a fringe effect for Miami-Dade and Broward as opposed to a Category 4 hurricane, you know, coming right down Hallandale Beach Boulevard or something. N- not that we wish anything bad on any other part of the right. state, but uh, the more north of us we can get it, the better off we're going to be for um, Broward and Miami-Dade and the Keys, of course. But and, and the possibility opened up today uh, of the storm actually staying offshore of Florida. That not Even if it did that, we would still feel it, however, but that possibility opened up in the computer models. As a matter of fact, I don't know, some nearly half of the cone is offshore of the East Coast. Well, let's let's hope that solution actually uh, plays out. So uh, that would certainly be good for the state. What that would mean for the southeast coast or a little farther up the coast, um, well, that's open to we question. don't know, right, but, right. but certainly it would be a good thing for, for the Sunshine State. Uh, Brian, let's, let's talk a little bit more about the models because, you know, we've been doing the Ask Brian questions. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that I did see, I don't, I don't know if you got a chance to get to this one on air. Someone asked, um, could the models shift back south? I mean, we're, we're expressing all this guarded optimism, but could it come farther south? The euro is a little bit south in that Monday evening placement compared to the other track guidance. So could the euro even come more south of where it is now, along with the others, you think? Or are we on that? And are we in a safe space with the models? Well, right now? so so uh, another thing that happened before I actually answer the answer to that question is yes. Oh I no, mean, uh, Brian Norcross. <laughs> that's why we. That's why we don't. I won't ask you anything <laughs> else. <laughs> that's why we're not saying you know okay, we're we we can put away our canned goods. We're not right. saying that at all. In fact, I want to talk about the actual weather that we'll get here. Okay. And a long duration of bad weather, but. Uh, about the models. So the uh, National Weather Service and NOAA, really, the the parent organization of the National Weather Service, uh, what they do whenever there is a threat to uh, the United States, especially, and sometimes just the land, they deploy a bunch of resources that we don't deploy on an average day of forecasting the weather. 
they send a jet out there and they sample the atmosphere all around the storm in a very strategic kind of way. And then they feed that data into the models. And they did that last night for the models that ran overnight. So the forecasts that came out this morning and the, and the computer models that we saw this morning were based on all this additional information. So the jet's just one thing. There are other things they do as well to gather additional information. So the, the models had a better start on actually measuring the atmosphere because remember, out there over the ocean, I mean, what do we know about how strong the high pressure is? We, we get estimates from satellite. We do get some measurements from a variety of, of mechanisms, but we don't get direct measurements from the environment around the storm. So, so when that happened uh, last night, so we're talking about Thursday night, Thursday evening, and, uh, and then we got the model runs today that suddenly agreed with each other. Yesterday, they were divergent all over the place. Then the, suddenly they agreed with each other that the storm was not going to dive toward Miami-Dade, which had really scared us yesterday uh, in, uh, with the European model being at yes. the, on the south side of the cone, you know, almost outside of the cone. So, so the National Hurricane Center very appropriately didn't jump on that. Uh, they kept the the forecast, just eased it south a little bit, right. uh, taking that into account. But they didn't jump on it and say, "Uh-oh, you know, we've we've got to uh, show this thing uh, heading into the tip of Florida." Uh, and sure enough, they they gathered the good data. The models came into alignment, where now they all are almost on top of each other within. Uh, maybe a couple dozen miles of, or so of each other up to the Florida coast. And then they still diverge at that point because that's where uh, we have this this opening of high pressure to the north that eventually uh, the thinking is will take the this, this storm to the north in some fashion. But where will it make the turn? Will it be over water and just stay over water? As you said, right. the, the Euro is showing today that that could be a possibility. And, and the other thing is that, that when there's this gap in the high pressure that is going to eventually allow the storm to escape to the north, in, in theory, that's the plan. Mm-hmm. But that also means there's no steering. When there's a gap, there's, there's little or no steering, and that makes it the storm move slowly. And that's why I know in your forecast for Miami-Dade and Broward County, you had what – was, what was your term for uh, – Feeling Dorian. For a feeling Dorian. I yes. thought that's a, that's perfect. That we're, we in Miami-Dade and Broward and, and the Keys, actually, uh, are, have some confidence that we will feel Dorian for a period of about two days, at yes. least, where it'll be really noticeably windy and perhaps... Mon- Monday, based on things now, mm-hmm. it'll be like Monday into Tuesday. And maybe starting Sunday night. That right, right. Uh, we can't rule out a, 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 even a band those uh, outer bands reaching us. So right. that's something and, I think about. And they're squally and and uh, really noticeable. So uh, for the reason that you said, that we can't rule out until the storm is significantly closer and we see more model runs and really have even more confidence mm-hmm. that it's staying north. We cannot rule out that it might not uh, jog closer to us. And obviously, if we're talking about a storm that is going to approach Palm Beach County or the Treasure Coast just to the north of there, it doesn't take much of a jog to the south mm-hmm. to have a significant impact in Broward. Indeed. Right. So so what even what is generally forecast now, most of the possibilities that we think are 
the most um, most likely. Even with that, Broward would likely get worse weather than Miami-Dade. The Keys are a little different because the wind coming in from the north and northwest of the Keys comes off the Gulf. And so it doesn't have the land friction to slow it down, right? right? So the Keys, uh, the concern in the Keys really is that north and northwest wind pushing water into Florida Bay, and there may be some local flooding issues, and and, uh, it just depends on how close it is. Probably not a big, big deal, but notable, right? And and uh, people that live in low-lying areas may have to just be aware of that. But but it would not take much to get hurricane force, at least gusts. In fact, we may get them in North Broward, even on the National Hurricane Center track. And just in general, enough wind power outages. So, right. and, and that's that's huge here. Whether we get the direct hit or not, uh, expecting the the windy weather from this system, so there still will be some some impacts based on the way things are going, looking right now. You know, the good thing is, and I think this is why we saw such a frenzy at the gas stations and in the stores early. I mean, you know, proud of folks for taking action, right? Was because it wasn't Irma wasn't that long ago, right? Yeah. Irma wasn't even two years ago, and Irma, even though a lot of folks in Southeast Florida don't really think of it this way, but Irma was was a fringe effect, mm. right? We just were on the fringe of Irma, mm-hmm. and all that aggravation uh, happened uh, on the fringe. So we're talking about being on the fringe of this storm as well. Mm. The differences are that in Irma, we were on the right side fringe of the storm, and our wind was coming off the ocean. So there was nothing slowing down the wind coming off the ocean and, and pushing the water up into Biscayne Bay, up into the waterways and, and so forth, right? Where it's sort of the opposite case with with uh, Dorian, where we're going to be on the left side. Right. Uh, if, assuming the storm goes, you know, goes to our north, we'll be on the left side. The wind will come off the land. We won't get the storm surge in the same kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so it's a little different, but... But the storm will be closer to us. That's the, uh, Irma was 100-plus miles away mm-hmm. when we were having all that uh, wind and flooding. And, yeah. and the tornadoes with And Irma. the tornadoes, Oof. right. So the tornadoes normally happen, as you know, on the other side. Right, exactly. Right? The and, dirty side. Right. You remember that very well. Oh, <laughs> they were flying off. I, I don't think we anticipated having mm-hmm. so many tornadoes. And they were racing and so right. many tornadoes. And, you know, in, in those hurricanes, tornadoes like that are really kind of under the heading of gusts. Yeah. Right? True. But, true. Still, but still, they're uh, absolutely notable. So uh, bottom line for... Miami-Dade, Broward County, and the Keys, we have guarded optimism that the worst of this is going to be to our north, that we will get fringe effects, but we're not going to back up from any preparations that we've made because the storm has slowed down some, so it's not really going to start anything until Sunday, and so tomorrow, Saturday, will be a real evaluation day of, uh, of what the, the new forecasts are. Right. And uh, the slowing down, by the way, is the real good thing because the slowing down is what allowed that gap in the high to get in place in theory to take it north. True, true. <laughs> so um, 
could there be a trough if it's slow enough that eventually makes it down and digs enough to well so you know you think of that gap is 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 kind of a trough it is kind of an area Mm -hmm. of low pressure right they the you know the uncertainties in the long-range forecast are okay maybe it's a little too slow and a high builds back over top of it and stops it from going off and deflects it somehow now now i don't think that would deflect it in our direction okay but that could deflected farther inland it could, you know other things can happen so remember the cone is wide at five days because the average errors mm-hmm. are that cone is you know, more than 400 miles across in five days right yeah. a lot of possibilities in the long run and because this is moving too slow it seems like the five-day cone part of the cone is always near us yeah yeah no, no matter how you look at it, I, I mean, we, mm-hmm. we can't breathe a sigh of relief. Not yet. yet. Not yet. But, uh, you know, tomorrow uh, uh, we'll see what the trends are. So so we'll be here tomorrow. We'll be on Local 10. We'll uh, have full coverage for you. We'll do a podcast tomorrow for podcast land out there, people that like to get the information this way. And uh, in southeast Florida, we, we're hoping for the best in the rest of Florida we are fearing for uh, a very difficult situation and just, you know, maybe the storm will go offshore. We can't count on that. Certainly full preparations are required for anybody in central Florida and everybody points north up through the southeast uh, needs to stay in close touch with their local forecast because this is uh, this is potentially a Hurricane Matthew or worse situation in the southeast so for now i'm brian norcross for chief meteorologist betty davis here at uh, wplg local 10 in miami we'll uh, talk to you again soon here on the podcast and we'll have one for you tomorrow on saturday